position to be in tonight. Amen. Let's stand tonight and sing It's Already Done, just as an anthem to the Lord Jesus for what he's doing. I believe we're interested tonight. I I wanted to read Brother Branham was opening a service letting off the pressure, and he was speaking about a genuine shepherd and ministry that take care of the sheep. And he was talking about how he's a shepherd and watching his sheep something to help his people he's interested in you he's interested in your welfare day and night he'll go anytime anywhere and help do anything he can do that's a real servant of God I want to say God is interested others are interested may God put that interest in all of our hearts tonight of what he's doing let's sing this together before we go to the book of numbers amen sing it as an anthem Lift up your hand to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm believing and I'm claiming these promises of God. For such a time as this, Lord, we raise our hands in your presence. So privileged to be in your house, in the presence of God, where our spiritual needs are met 100%, where the glory of God settles down into our bodies, our spirits and our souls are made whole. Jesus, we love you tonight, God. May you just come in your atmosphere in your own special way. 
Pray that tonight would be a meeting that would prepare us, Lord, even for what you have. And in our assembly over the years, the fruits of your labors, you are interested in us. And many are interested. And it seems like at times like this, we all put our shoulders together. And we go forward and we pull together. May you bless that, Lord. May you bless the efforts of men and women, brothers and sisters. Now it's all in your hands. We commit our lives to you for a furtherance of your work. We've been in prayer much. And we pray for our brother Aaron McGarry. And for the heart of God to be delivered for our our assembly and our young people. That our families would be strengthened. That mothers and fathers would rejoice. That grandparents and aunts and uncles, elders within the church could truly say, it was a sovereign touch of God that visited us this week. We prepare our hearts now and we give you ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll turn to the book of Numbers chapter 9. Thank you, musicians and everyone. Amen. Uh, Brothers are already working some to prepare for the meetings and the camps and the sisters. We just want tonight's service to maybe be a little bit of a preparation uh, for this weekend. And um, just invite you to turn to Numbers chapter 9. I just spoke a little bit on this scripture yesterday, a BCA devotions, but outside of that, I've never spoke on this chapter, this, these verses in my whole life. And just when we read it, it seemed to be so fitting for this season of the Passover. Numbers chapter 9, verse 1, we'll read a few verses together. And the Lord spake unto Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, In the first month of the second year, just remember the first month was April. They didn't start with January. They started with April. The first month of the second year, after they were come out of the land of Egypt, saying, Let the children of Israel also keep the Passover at his appointed season. I want you to notice this phrase, his appointed season. In verse 2, verse 3, verse 7. And verse 13, but they were to keep the Passover at his appointed season. In the 14th day of this month, that would have been April 14th at evening, ye shall keep it in his appointed season according to all the rites of it and according to all the ceremonies thereof shall you keep it. And Moses spake unto the children of Israel that they should keep the Passover. And they kept the Passover on the 14th day of the first month at evening in the wilderness of Sinai. According to all that the Lord commanded Moses, so did the children of Israel. I want you to watch in verse 6 and 7 how there's a question now that came. And there were certain men who were defiled by the dead body of a man that they could not keep the Passover on that day. And they came before Moses and before Aaron on that day. And those men said unto him, We are defiled by the dead body of a man. Wherefore are we kept back? This is a question. Wherefore are we kept back that we may not offer an offering of the Lord in his appointed season among the children of Israel? 
And Moses said unto them, Stand still, and I will hear what the Lord will command concerning you. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, If any man of you or of your posterity shall be unclean by reason of a dead body or be in a journey afar off, yet he shall keep the Passover unto the Lord. The 14th day of the second month at evening, they shall keep it and eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall leave none of it until the morning nor break any bone of it. This is speaking of Christ. There was to be no bone broken of Christ. According to all the ordinances of the Passover, they shall keep it. And just before we read our, our, the last verse, this is the grace of God. And you can read Numbers 19 where it talks about a dead body. If you came upon a dead body in a house or in the field or a bone, that caused the person to be unsanctified. And there came a question in verse 6 and 7 about those that wanted to partake of the token or the Passover, that we were defiled by a dead body, or they were far away on a journey, the Bible goes to say. And there might be people that are far away from God or feel far away on a journey, but in their heart, they need the token. God was making a special allowance for them to come. And he actually said in verse 11, that it was to be the 14th day of the second month. So the very next month, which would have been May the 14th, they was to partake of the Passover. In other words, God was including everyone. I want all of you to be part of this token. Say, but I've been around a dead body, or there's things in my life, or I've been away, I've been on a journey. God was making a special allowance. I want you to come. I want you to be part of the Passover. Verse 13, but the man that is clean and is not in a journey and forbeareth or stops or don't want to be part of the Passover, even the same soul shall be cut off from among his people because he brought not the offering of the Lord in his appointed season. That man shall bear his sin. Aren't you grateful? God's provided a way for us. God bless you. you. Can have your seats tonight, and I know Brother Aaron's already been welcomed, and Sister Elizabeth and your family. We welcome you again tonight, and we're uh, we're just preparing for these next few days. So tonight will just take a, a little bit of our time to prepare. I want to speak on preparing our hearts in this appointed season. And um, I just right away will just bring to your attention the heart. I just have it right on the screen for you. Each one of you tonight have a heart, natural and spiritual. But this question is, how many times does the average human heart beat in a lifetime? And it's very amazing. That's what we're speaking on tonight, preparing our hearts. And the average person's heart beats 60 to 100 beats a minute. That's over a hundred thousand times in a day. Over 35 million times a year, your heart is pressing. Blood is flowing. There's oxygen. There's energy flowing through your heart. So if you live for 70 years, that's 2.45 
a billion times, 75 years. I have it on the screen, 80 years, 2.8 billion times that a heart of a person would beat. That's a lot of times. A heartbeat. A heartbeat of the person. This is amazing. When we see now a person, it's the sign of a heart condition. If the heart misses beats or it beats too fast. And that's why it's important for us as individuals or our families or as a church to stay and beat with God's word. And, and, and this is just because it's, it's done it before. Your heart has beat before does not take away from the importance that it's got to keep beating. And just because things have happened before doesn't mean we stop. It's got to keep beating. There's got to be a heartbeat. There's got to be a constant beat of the heart and blood flowing. Can we say amen? Now, one of our sisters just a week and a half ago on a Friday went into the hospital because she had a, a feeling in her heart and didn't know what it was. And Saturday they told her that she had had uh, some blockages in her heart, uh, some blockages in some of the arteries. So while Brother Tom was preaching on a Sunday, she went through a four-hour operation and had splints put into her heart. And by Monday, she's back home again. But just the time from when we saw her on Saturday to a Monday, there was, the color was back in her face. And it just seemed like she was a new person. Just because there was a condition in the heart, but it was made right. You know, sometimes a person can be in crisis. They could actually be in a heart crisis and not even know it. They could just think it's a passing cold or something in their lungs, but it could be something very, very serious. And that's why we're speaking about it tonight, to prepare our hearts for this appointed season. Now, I just want to make one more comment about this, how as we're coming through into winter camp, because so many would ask maybe, why do you do this over and over? It speaks of a farmer, how many times they would work their field. How many times do they plant? Do they weed it? Do they water it? Do they cultivate it? Do they fertilize it? Do they harvest it? Every year, whether it's a good year or a bad year, they're right back again because there's an interest. I want to say God is interested in your life. God keeps working in the field. God keeps laboring with us. And we are laborers with him tonight. I'm speaking this message to our assembly too, as we prepare our hearts even for the next few days. I want to take this thought of preparing our hearts in this appointed season, but I want to speak first about the season that we're in, or an appointed season. We read that in our numbers opening scripture. I want to take it a little bit backwards about this appointed season, and speak about God has an appointed season. There's time that God appoints a season for all of us. And then there's an individual. Individuals have a certain season. And this season that we're speaking about is very specific. And it has boundaries. God will deal and he'll deal real strongly. Then there's times that he'll just kind of pull back a little bit and he's expecting growth. He wants to see us respond. It's all about a season. 
Even winter time is, speaks of, uh, we trust we get the McGarry some clothes for their children. Amen. As the cold time speaks of snow and it speaks of blistery times and coats and, and sweaters and hats come out in the winter time because that's a season. There's a certain preparation for the season. Even summer uh, that will soon be coming, the Lord willing. We speak it's warm and we want it to be sunny. Where short sleeves come out again and it's hot, that's a season. And spring and fall, those are specific seasons. Tonight we're talking about God's appointed season, but you and I have seasons in our lives. God has appointed the seasons in our lives. And even as we come into this weekend, God decides when he's going to move. God decides how he's going to move. It's God that decides where he's going to move. It could be in a service like tonight. It could be at your home. It could be on your job or in your school. But we want to see God move. It could be at a camp service. It could be while you're walking down the street, while you're all alone. Or it could be in a crowd where God has appointed a season. It's time to move. And I want to say God decides who he's going to use in his plan. And he's decided to use you in this season. I want to speak about the individual. Just bring it very close for tonight as we prepare our hearts. Every person has special times in their lives to respond appropriately to the move of God. There's times that God moves with great pulsations of the Holy Spirit to the individual. And that's your time to move. Tonight, we just happen to be preparing the ground for that move of God. I think that was the ministry of John in the Bible, was to prepare the way. It just, from Isaiah prophesied about it. Mark and Luke and, and, and they, Matthew talked about John's ministry was to prepare the ground and to make all the rough places smooth. God has something for your life. He's preparing you for that tonight. And each person, there are times for divine pulsations that God moves upon a heart. There's supernatural visitations for the individual. There's God-sent dealings for your life. There are moments when eternity meets the person. They can just be going through life. They can just be born and seem like everything's natural, like you're just going along, and all of a sudden something begins to pulsate. Something begins to deal. Do you know what I'm talking about? You could just be sitting normal and all of a sudden something comes over you. I won't call it a sensation because it's more than that. It's the presence of God. He begins to break away the shell and the outside part. There are moments where eternity meets the person. I believe with all my heart this weekend, God's going to do that for us. We, we learn to seize these precious moments. As I looked and I'm actually preaching with the camp list in my hands tonight and all of the campers and the counselors. And we understand that it's maybe a third of our assembly. Some would say, well, why do you take the time and why do you labor before camp or after camp 
It just seems like it's maybe a third of our assembly is on grounds. And you think, well, what about the rest? Why is it such a a big deal? Some might say, have that comment. But I want to say that it's important to seize precious moments. And we've learned to hold fast when God comes by our way. We live in a neurotic, nervous age. And we need times to let off the pressure. I'm going to show you some slides in just a few moments to make it more impacting. But we need more of the presence of God. I encourage you to seize this season. Grab a hold of it. This is your appointed season. And we could go back to numbers. I have never spoken by the Biscoe on numbers chapter 9. Never even actually heard another minister labor on it. But it happened to be in a time of the token and the Passover celebration that God was reminding them of his love and of his mercy. And it was an honest question. Well, what if I'd been around a dead body? Or, and if you look in Numbers 19, you'll see that if you even came upon a dead body in a field or one of your children came upon a bone or something happened in a house and someone died in the house for seven days. Everyone that was in that house was unclean. So we find in Numbers 9 that they had a legitimate question. We can't come to the Passover, to the sanctuary, unclean. There's been a death, or there's been, there's death in our lives. And the Bible even expanded on that and said, if you're away on a journey, you say, I'm way away and I can't be there. You say, well, I guess you're out, or I guess you can't be part of it. God was actually including And making a way for the whole congregation to be part of the token. And when I read that, I thought, praise be to God. If that can be an Old Testament, God, the nature of Christ, what about the New Testament? When he's waving us back to his presence. When we have the token that's in full effect tonight. That no plague shall come upon your house to destroy your young people. That we have a generation alive tonight and older ones that are believing that word. We need to apply that word. And we need to seize upon these appointed moments, the seasons that God has predestinated for us. Excuse me for being so intense. We've been in our study all day. I encourage you to seize these times. Receive the change that God has for you. I encourage you to forget about everyone else and all the emotions and so much drama that can go on in our lives as humans and it surrounds us as people. We're all, we are victims of our humanity so often. But I encourage you at these appointed times to lay that all aside. It was spoken on Sunday, Brother Tom referenced our, our Miss Leonard that's again here tonight. And, and the topic of last Friday at the school was impact and how individuals have impacted and impacted our lives. And certainly Miss Leonard has impacted our family and all three of our children and our church. And I want to bring that in the spiritual tonight. Be impacted by the ministry of the word. Be impacted when the Holy Spirit is pulsating and moving and dealing. Don't let that pass by. 
and get sick or get tired. Reach through your humanity and grab a hold of the deity. This is an appointed season. I mentioned to the young people yesterday at BCA that we are ripe for a spiritual explosion. That means we are ripe. We are ready for the next step. The time is right for a total possession. The time is right for the Holy Spirit to come into a person's life, into the old ones within the assembly, within the middle-aged or younger. The Word is calling to us. And tonight is the Wednesday night before our winter camp. God is preparing our hearts for this season. And there might be another person that asks the question, how do you prepare your heart? How do I get my heart ready? I want to be ready. I don't want to just show up with my sleeping bag and my toothpaste and, and just come rushing in. There is a preparation. How do I prepare my heart? Is there something that I can do? Is there something we can do? I know that we all understand that God's doing the work. It's by grace. We believe that tonight. It's a work of the word and it's the Holy Spirit. But there is more that we can do to prepare ourselves. We can make ourselves ready. That's what the Bible says. His wife is making herself ready. She's making preparations. So as the husband is the initiator, the wife is the responder. So God is initiating a greater change, or he's initiating a change in the symphony. The bride is responding that it's our privilege to be interested. Praise be to God. Numbers chapter 9, I don't want you to turn back to it, but I just want to seal it in your heart right now. God wants everyone to be part of the Passover. The token is for the family. But if you happen to be on a journey or far away from God or been around a lot of deadness in your life, and maybe that's not an excuse. God has a provided lamb for you. And he's He's speaking messages that will grab your heart. He's going to say things that might shock you. It might make you angry that God would put his finger so delicately on your life. That's why it's very good to have visiting ministry come that don't know the congregation. And we've been accused of telling, you know, the minister or tell, no friends, it's the Holy Ghost. But I will say this, we take one another for common and grant it too much. And sometimes God will bring another gift and another vessel through our assembly to really shake us up. I know sitting in this service is there's even healings that need to take place and divine healings. I pray that happen even in, during this service. There, there are, there are miracles that happen weekly in our church that we never say anything about. And forgive us if we're dilatory. Just a few weeks ago, a husband and wife that's sitting in this service, they came to us and we prayed with them privately. The sister had spots on her breast and it had already been diagnosed. She just came to me just a few days ago in passing and said they'd had another test and there's no spots. No cancer. I say praise be to God. Even our brother Mark Powell that's here just in the last few days had a condition in his heart. 
And to hear from a doctor and to know that God has touched his heart. There's miracles that are happening in the natural, in the spiritual, in in the spirit realm. And we want to see God continue that way. Prepare yourselves for a healing. Let the healing angel come by your cabin. Come by the kitchen. Come by at home to you that are streaming and can't cross the border. God bless you, uncles and aunts. And I know after the last time we spoke, and and excuse me, I said if you couldn't afford it to take a loan. I know personally the next day someone took a loan in our church and sponsored one of our children. I say praise be to God. This is a season that we are preparing ourselves in this Passover time. Now last time we spoke, we gave a little illustration of some sea turtles in Florida. And I wanted to bring this illustration again tonight and actually bring it visible to let you know that these sea turtles have an instinct within them when they're born through their little uh, eggs in the sand. And when they're born uh, and they come out at nighttime in the strength of the moon, they follow the moon into the water. But what they found in Florida and other places, speaking about these sea turtles, is that because of the lights of the city, the lights of the world... The condos, the hotels, and the luxury homes that are built right next to the sand. As as civilization has grown next to the sand, they have literally found that the turtles are being born out of their out of their eggs and they're coming up at night. But because the lights of the city are so strong, they're literally turning toward the city instead of the ocean. And they find them the next day. This is actually Ocean Drive in Miami Beach, Florida. And how they find them on sidewalks. And they find them uh, on the roadways. Because the turtles have mistaken the bright lights of the city. For the direction they should be going. Instead of toward toward the moon and toward the ocean. And I want to say so it is with a believer that gets caught up in the things of the world and turn toward the lights of the city. They're found dead on the streets and on the sidewalks of humanity. And it's at this time, even within our assembly, that the light of the sun shines on the moon, the bride, with a greater intensity. I think all of you would agree with this. At this times of the year, we work together. We put our shoulders together. And I pray spiritually that these turtles, these are actually pictures of turtles on the streets of the city, Brother Tom. And it said that these turtles, they're actually attracted to the car lights. Because they're lights and they're passing by. They've got disoriented. They've got turned around. They got distracted. They were born But their eyes got turned to the city. And here they are. And and God help us. I hope this isn't a spiritual picture of, of any person in our church. But this is a little sea turtle. That got run over on the street. It got born. But it went the wrong way. That's exactly what Satan wants your testimony to be. To turn your eyes. To turn your affection toward the world. Here I have it here, a before photo on the top there left of exterior lights of these certain condos. 
And on the bottom is actually after they have retrofitted new lights under the condos and the houses. And it shows how these hatchlings were becoming disoriented. On the top photo, you can see the lights of the, of the condo. On the bottom, you can see on the left, uh, uh, lights on a hotel. On the right is after they've retrofitted it with new lights. What are they trying to do? Well, you say they're saving the turtles. <laughs> they're interested in turtles. I tell you, God is interested in the bride of Christ. He's interested that at your appointed season, you would be birthed. And that the lights of the city would not have an effect on you. But you would turn your heart, turn your life, turn it toward the ocean. Turn it toward Christ. Do we believe that tonight? You might be standing there on the, on the beach somewhere looking out into the moon. You might be standing at night. You might be wondering or questioning. Little do you know that God has prepared your heart for this season at the evening time. Brother Branham in letting off the pressure in North Carolina said, take a look at Israel, the night of the Passover in Egypt. That was the most horrible night that Egypt would ever see. The night of the Passover, the death angel was in the land. Screams were coming from everywhere. People in the streets screaming. Mothers pulling their hair. Their oldest child had just died. Big black wings of death angel was floating through the land. But Israel could just set just as calm as they could be. They were people just like the Egyptians, but they had walked in God's provided way. They had accepted God's way of refuge. Thank God for a place to let off the pressure. I'm holding your names in my hand tonight. I I really feel God answers prayers. I believe the effectual, fervent prayer of righteous men and women can turn the tides. Do you believe that? It's God preparing our hearts. You say, is it possible? It's more than possible. Brother Branham went on to say in another letting off the pressure message in Jeffersonville, talking about Israel when they were down in Egypt. And there come a time when God said, I'm going to send the death angel through the land. And I'm going to take every one of the elders of the family, unless there's blood on the door. The night of the Passover. I know we're sitting tonight in a church building that's very comfortable. But we're living in the very same spiritual times of death in the land. When you have the very leaders of nations admittedly lying, deceiving, fraudsters and and scheming and playing hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions to cover their actions. This is a time where men and women have got to seize a hold of the blood and the token. The only thing we have is the token. That is Christ. That is the Holy Spirit. And do you remember that night in, when the, when the death angel was coming through and brother Branham said it was the night of the Passover and the death angel was in the land. We hear a scream coming from down the street 
And we look out and two big black wings are waving down the street. He said, do you think Israel was all excited? He said, no, sir. Death was at the door. Now, I want you to see this. When I heard this the other day, it struck me. Because death is at the door. It's at the door tonight. He said, the little boy looked out the window. He's the oldest in the family. And he sees the great big black angel. And he looks and says, daddy, do you love me? He said, sure, son, I love you. Well, daddy, I'm, uh, am I not your firstborn? Yes, you are, son. Look at there, daddy. That angel just got that little boy. And I know him. And I played with him. Oh, daddy, here he comes toward the house. Friends, if young people can pick up that anointing, then we as elders ought to have enough wisdom to apply the blood. And when I was listening to Brother Brenham say, the death is at the door, and death is now right at the door, and the young people are being affected by the presence and their friends, I I hope it was an Egyptian friend. I hope it wasn't someone in the church that hadn't applied the blood. Do you agree with that? Yeah, daddy, here he comes. He's, he's toward the house. But son, you see on, on the doorpost? Daddy, will he get me? No, sir, son. He can't get you. Well, why? That's his promise. When I see the blood, I'll pass over you. He said, go back. This is the father speaking to his son. Go back and get your toys and start playing, son. There's no need of worrying. We're in God's refuge. Let off the steam. Can we let off the steam tonight? But I did think. I wonder how many even within the ranks of the message. Death has come to the door. And it's come in the house. And they wonder why there's death. And they wonder why there's death in the home. That's where the blood must be applied. If you ever want to see a resurrection and see the effects of the token, you've got to literally apply it to your situation. Let's not be fooled tonight. The death angel won't just stop at Cloverdale Bible Way's door. He'll try to come right in your front door. And there's the father of the house. And the mother of the house. And I trust you have people in the house that are discerning and will apply that blood even tonight and say, Lord, you are preparing us for a certain reason. Can I continue on? Just, I wanted to show you a quote here. I know you've read this before. And a man running from the presence of God. I'm trying, I'm, the next three quotes is just some inspiration for your heart. It's just to chew on a little bit. Somehow or another, Brother Branham said, I, I just feel we're going. There's something laying right ahead for us. Just remember, Brother Branham said, I believe I'm prophesying great joy lays ahead. Believe it. That's right. Many saddened hearts will be made. Great mysteries will be made clear. And people who are sad will be turned into joy. Hallelujah. Oh, you say, I'd believe that if Brother Branham was behind the pulpit. The Lamb of God is behind the pulpit. The Lamb has already spoken to you and I. It's now within the congregation. Do you believe that? Hearts that are saddened. 
Hearts that are saddened and are in sad will be turned into joy. You can't have real joy when there's sin in your life. If there's death in the house, it's no wonder there's no joy. It's no wonder relationships are fractured. It's no wonder Satan has barged right in to destroy the family unit. But it's in that hour we heard a message, I will restore. Seize a hold of those words. Hallelujah. Some of you can be instruments this next week of speaking joy, speaking peace. Being a friend to somebody. You say, who's responsible? We're all responsible. We're all responsible. Can I say this, Brother Tom? Just There's been a couple meetings in the last several weeks with some of the ministers in the church and leaders here. And that is, what can we do more for our families? What can we do more for our young people? What can we do more for our children? I just felt it. Is that okay, Brother Tom? It's important for the congregation to know that it's just not always just preaching, preaching. But there's a burden. Can we come from this direction? Can we come from this direction? Are are you with us now? We're burdened. God's interested. God's interested in your lives. God's rich in mercy for you to include you in the Passover. Don't be a spectator and just come together to talk about it. We've come in to get under it now. Oh, Brother Aaron, preach from your heart. Preach what God lays on your heart. Don't preach for fear or favor of any person. Don't try to impress Brother Biscoll or Brother Tom or myself or anybody, Brother Murphy or anybody else. I pray Brother Aaron would be in the heart of God. He would be a mouthpiece. Can the church say amen? Amen. Prepare our hearts. There could be even someone streaming, not even in the meeting, and be healed of prostate cancer. I know you've heard this one too, but in the Queen of Sheba, Brother Branham said, there's no need of trying to explain it. It's in another world. It's something God knows what was, what is, and what will be. Do you believe that? He said, now if the Lord Jesus will come on the scene tonight and will perform and will do just as he did when he walked in Galilee, how many of you will say, it'll make me love him more? How many would say, if he would come and walk among us, it would make us love him more? Why does he appear to us in these meetings? It's to awaken our desires. It's not to turn you toward the city. The city lights. Satan wants you to become just on the, on the gravel and on the asphalt of humanity. Just another statistic. You, you can look at it yourself. There's actually videos of turtles all being just destroyed by cars on the street because they had been allured out into the city by the lights and they and they just run down the road the blackness and the you'd call it the murk of their existence because they got turned that's what satan is doing in this generation but there's been a strength of the son say it is the rising of the sun but then there comes a moon at evening time that can shine bright Shine through a counselor. 
shine through a kitchen staff. One of the main chefs for this weekend told me this afternoon, they are praying in the kitchen that every person that eats this food, God would deal with them. I tell you what, when you've got people, no matter what their position is, they're praying like that. God is going to move, friends. We're not passing you marijuana joints and the counselors aren't passing cannabis around. They're wanting to give a testimony. And forgive us if we feel, uh, if we come across as being overbearing or strong. I'll just give into their defense. They are interested. God is interested. We do want to love him more. And when he comes around, it'll cause a turtle to go in that direction. Oh, watch, Brother Branham said, just believe. Remember, while one's being healed here, he's talking about in the prayer line, in discernment. While one's being healed here, there's dozens healed out there. You remember this. You pastors, after I've gone, I'm gone a long time. You'll hear women coming and men coming. Stomach trouble left. Cancers got well. Brother Aaron, I know you're leaving next week, but for weeks to come, we'll hear testimonies from our church. The trouble's gone. This is gone. The music's gone. The watching this was gone. I have a desire for God. God anointed me with a, an interest. I'm interested. Long after he's gone, we'll have young ladies and young women and older ones coming. Brothers, young men saying, this is left. That's left. Cancer has got well. Well, you just can't call them all. There's just so many. But God blesses. Just keep believing. God will grant it. God's out there. Hallelujah. God's out there tonight. My last quote on this is blind Bartimaeus in Puerto Rico. The spirit just moves through the people. I'm sure after I've gone weeks, the people will be coming to their pastors and tell testifying of their healing. It just has to be. Can we all agree in unison tonight? Grant that Lord Jesus. For weeks to come, people coming. Last Friday night, our brother Emmanuel Gindo led uh, those that came for the prayer meeting, a pre-winter camp prayer meeting. And he spoke about expectations out of Psalm 62, 5, and, and that God's spirit would be upon all aspects of the camp. And he encouraged us to really believe. And I think that's key. Stop partially believing or maybe or I'm looking to another person. How are they responding? No, 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 friends. I, I've heard it and you've heard it. People say they're my friends or they're my friends. And years go by and they're not even close anymore. People go their way. Let God influence our lives. Set yourself aside And seize the moment. Amen. 
And, and brother Emmanuel spoke these words out and said, God's anointing will be on the right person. We have young ladies in our church that need the right person to touch their lives. We have young men in our church that it could just be a word fitly spoken. And maybe their father isn't reaching them. Maybe their mother, maybe good parents can't reach them. But all of a sudden, a a counselor that is sensitive or someone making a dessert. I'm not going to mention names, but we love all of all of them. Says a prayer. And, And all of a sudden, the person that receives that just begins to. Something begins to move in their spiritual heart. It's not calories. A prayer went out. Brother Emmanuel reminded us. Is this okay tonight? That God cannot fail. And God is not going to fail you parents. God is not going to fail you young people. God's not going to fail our children. He's not failed our church. God never fails. We fail. We get nervous. I was nervous tonight. I mean, can you imagine me speaking and Brother Aaron sitting out there? I'm nervous. We've got over it over the years, but to have Brother Bisco and Brother Tom and Brother Tim sitting behind me so often, we're nervous. It brings out the best in us. I hope that Christ is seen in the ministry. That's not good enough. We want to see it in the congregation. We prayed for Brother Michael and Sister Abigail. Now we're down to the zero hour. Now we're down to some of the staff are already making way. And Sister Debbie Paris has said to make sure to bring your boots. Because there's camp, there's snow at the camp. Say, what are you talking like that for? We're making preparations. We're preparing our hearts. You know, Brother Branham talked about the symphony and the orchestra in Shalom. And he talked about how God reveals, the composer reveals it to those who are listening and who are interested in what the drama is. So you're not just got a free ticket into it, you're part of the drama. You're part of the play. You're part of the action. But are you interested? I I don't want to sideline anyone. I, I know that a third of our church isn't even at the camp. I'm aware of that. You're all welcome Sunday morning. Amen. And everyone's welcome to stream. But it's good in our church to have our young people moved by God. It's good for the chemistry of our church when the dynamics of the Holy Ghost takes the machinery and takes the mechanics that have been faithful to be laid out there when God takes that and sets it on fire. Do you agree with that? Our homes are different. Last night we were just in our own home listening to, we've started the seven seals. We were just listening To God in simplicity, some of it. And we stopped the tape at one point and was just reminding my wife and my son that came in. Years ago when we were, we listened to the seven seals, 
in the church we were attending then. And at that time, at that church, the pastor felt to play the seven seals every day of the week, the way that Brother Branham did, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Can you imagine 10 services all week from Sunday to Sunday? But it created a certain atmosphere in the home. It created a certain environment. And my father and mothers, here you might remember where the, the children would gather around the piano and they would sing songs. The word has an effect. And we don't want to see that lesson and, and lose its impact. But we want to bring these spiritual moments into our homes. Those are the memories I have. Those are the treasures. Why we can speak from a burden. And we were speaking about when years ago back in Ohio when Brother Bisco would come, Brother Tom Ray would come. I was just a preteen and a teenager. And here we are years later. Those seeds were planted. Little did we know we'd be standing here tonight. And one of my best friends, Brother Aaron, that we've spent wonderful moments together before he was married. Along beside a, a lake there. And it was Lake Pleasant. <laughs> it was a pleasant lake. And to, to know that he'd be sitting here tonight with four beautiful children and a lovely wife. This is the heritage of the children of the Lord. Some of you might not know, but Sister Elizabeth McGarry Martin was her maiden name. She was a teacher. And I had the privilege one day to go to her class there in Flint, Michigan. When she was a teacher and to know that God was already forming a vessel in these inner city Detroit, uh, children. I'll never forget it, Sister Elizabeth. Almost every single one of those children were on meds, medication. Here's an inner city Detroit, Flint, Michigan suburb type of a, of a, of a gathering and she told me how there was there wasn't only I think there was one or two in the whole classroom that even had a mother and a father for parents. They were being raised as single parents, and most of them on meds. And they'd go off and they you know get out of a way. All she could do really is send them to the office. They hadn't took their meds that day. And I thought of the grace of God for you and I to protect our children and protect our teenagers. They have such a privilege, Brother Matt, of of hearing the gospel. Lord, don't ever let it become common to us. We've been influenced by some of the best ministry on the face of the earth. That are on the cutting edge. And the gifts in their lives know how to handle the sheep of God. And Brother Branham turns that around and talks about the symphony and how sometimes it, it goes this way for a while, a certain beat. Then after a while it changes. And you wouldn't understand it or wouldn't know nothing about it if you're not interested in it. It's just a racket. It's just a fuss. But to those who know about it, they're watching for it. They know it's coming. He said, so we have these times of symphonies of the symphony of God's word, that the whole drama changes. Are you listening tonight? You who are interested, listen for that change. So I've been listening. You've been listening. And to some it's a fuss. 
To some it's a racket. And to someone else that's trained and they're interested and they know there's a certain junction that's got to be and it's got to be their certain way. And when it comes to that moment and it builds up to that time, it's more than excitement. It's more than anticipation. It's like an expecting woman that's been under the birth birthing season and now they've come to that moment and the groaning and the travail. That's where we're at tonight. We're in God's appointed season. And he's prepared the symphony. Are we interested? It's to those that are watching now. The drama. And I'm not talking about emotional drama. Somebody trying to manipulate someone else to be part of whatever they're Want to be part of. No, no. We're talking about the word now. Directing and moving. Overriding. Conquering. Breaking every yoke. Could just be in the stillness or in the quietness of a session. And just a few minutes. And God just come right down along those delicate lines. And say something that only God knows. Only God knows that. That's the Holy Spirit. That's God. I would seize a hold of that. I would grab a hold of that and say, it's nothing but the grace of God. Now as we come to a close now. Brother Branham, I'm speaking about this responsibility we have. To the last generation. Taking sides with Jesus. Brother Branham said we've got to think of the others. That's coming on behind us. These young people and so forth. A place for our children. And we've got to make arrangements. For that. If there is no tomorrow. We don't know that. If there is no tomorrow. We haven't done nothing but. Been at the master's business. And been found at our post of duty. When he does come. Friends we're right about at the time. Of the symphony. Of the coming of the Lord. Say why do you put so much effort into this. Why is the church stirred. And the activity. I think that expresses the love of God. For us. In his tender. Hand. That he's preparing our hearts for such a time as this, for this appointed season. And in conclusion, I want to drop just a few more nuggets into your, into your heart before the musicians come. God is looking for empty vessels. He's looking for people that are surrendered. Can I conclude with some comments here? People that are dedicated and consecrated to the symphony. Where they allow their lives to be uncluttered and just let things go that's not eternal. Sometimes that's the best counsel you can give someone is just, just let that go. Unclutter yourself. Get burdened about what God's doing. For God to convince a person, it brings a concern. If you don't see the concern, You wonder if they're convinced. And it starts from the pulpit to the parents to the, to the young people. 
in that order. Brother Bradham talked about juvenile delinquency, parent delinquency, and pulpit delinquency. It's all of us looking at ourselves. What can we do more? What can we do different? How can we be surrendered? Lord, turn the lights on, Lord Jesus. Anoint that sister. Anoint that brother. Anoint that counselor. A mother might be saying, Lord, you've seen what we've done. We've tried. We put a lot of effort. We just don't seem to be making the success. God, you, Sister Margaret. You, Sister Ruth Weber. Use the counselors, Lord. Use these brothers. I know of families in our church that have five people at the camp. That's not cheap. They're paying their way. It's because they have a vested interest in down the road. Brother Bisco, I wanted to say thank you for, on behalf of my family and all of us for the vested interest. We have these opportunities. It, it's a rallying cry. It's a burden. It's a, it's a love and a joy that we can see God do something for some of you and, and you might seem dead. You might have walked in and it's just deadness in the house. And according to numbers, it made it unclean. And some had a question, you know, we want to go to the Passover. We want, but it, we've fallen onto a death thing. We're far away on a journey. And the mercy of God came right back around and said, I have it for you. One month from now, I want you to be part of the Passover. I tell you what, friends, those that were part of the April 14th Passover, on the May 14th Passover, I'm sure they were rejoicing and happy. That some of their brothers and sisters were included. I want to encourage you to be unselfish now. Be unselfish. Don't look for personal gain. And what you can get out of this. What glory and recognition you can get out of this. It's about someone else. It's about making a journey and moving some rocks and moving a log so that somebody can make it to the city of refuge and throw up their arms and say, I'm free. So move that rock, move that log, get out of yourself long enough. Are you receiving this? Okay. Be sensitive this week. And I understand that. And I have this in my notes, that there are some that are very involved. There are some that are very connected, and it seems like they're active. And then there are some that are not involved as much, and they seem maybe away, or they're looking at all of this going on. And some are connected a lot, and they're connected, and, and they seem to have more of a face to these type of weekends and there are some that are not as connected and sometimes they feel disattached or away don't let that destroy what God has for you we need all of us we're together on this we're a body and we're not getting out of here until every person is ready to go so as we stand to our feet tonight I wonder if we can, as an assembly, make ourselves available to the Lord Jesus in a consecration prayer and in a consecration moment like this right at our seats. 
that God could bring us to these moments where the moon, the strength of the sun could shine through you and me now. This is our time, the moon. It's time to shine so that some of these souls, some of these hearts that are so, I'll use the words of David in the scripture, speaking of Solomon. My son Solomon is young and tender. And the house that is to be built for the Lord must be exceeding magnificent of fame and glory throughout all countries. And David said, I will therefore now make preparation for it. So David prepared abundantly before his death. I want to say God prepared abundantly all that we had need of. Now it's our time to just consecrate ourselves. And just dedicate ourselves, Brother Benjamin, maybe you can play a song of consecration. And as an assembly, we can just bow our heads. And if someone would like to lift up your hand and say, Lord, I'm making myself available right now tonight. I'm lifting up my heart now in unison in the house of the congregation. I'm lifting up my burdens, lifting up my heart. I want to surrender myself, Lord Jesus. I want to make preparation now. Heavenly Father, open up our hearts right now in consecration. Let the presence of God descend down upon our lives and your children. Every family and our assembly, every brother and sister. Some feel very connected and very involved. Others feel like on the sidelines or what can I do? Father, we all have a part. We're praying right now. That is a nuclear bomb that God has put into our arsenal. Oh, Father, we hold within our hands, within our hearts right now, the burdens of every counselor, every camper, every family that's represented. Those that will be on the Canadian side cannot cross. Some will be streaming, even elders that will be anticipating. I pray the Holy Ghost would bring us to moments of our knees. That it wouldn't just be all lip service, but there would be a humbling of ourselves to one another. A submitting of ourselves to one another. And if we do come into one another's space or invade someone's comfort zone, would you forgive us? Forgive us of our sins. Forgive us if we've missed something, God, in the symphony. Forgive us, Lord, if we're on the drums and we've been playing a certain a beat and you've desired to use the saxophone or the violin or our dear Heavenly Father that brought forth all of these sons and daughters. We are your children and we are your family. And we pray the lights of the city and the lights of this world would become strangely dim. And may the pull of the Holy Ghost and the nature of the soul bring every ordained seed of God into their place. Even now, Lord, may walls begin to come down as David is sharpening his sword and getting his sling ready. Sometimes it calls for a sling. Sometimes it calls for a sword. Sometimes there's a closing song that just sets an atmosphere 
and will cause someone that's been on the edge to totally be given over and you're able to come in at that personal moment captivate our hearts oh God I know for some it seems like you are breaking them and crushing some Some are looking at the lights of the cars going by and wondering, why am I here? What is going on? Shouldn't there be water around here? Shouldn't there be liquid? Shouldn't it be better? Shouldn't it be more peaceful? Little do they know they're in the middle of a sidewalk. Sodom has beckoned to them. The lights of the city is calling their names. But I pray the Holy Spirit would shine bright. Send a breath. Send a a pulsation from that eternal realm. Would you give us strength, Lord, for the battle? Would you give us healing in our bodies, Lord? Some are coughing. Some are, are, are coming in weak, Lord. I pray for strength for them, God. Some even aren't even in the service tonight. Even today they were considering going to the hospital. I pray in the name of Jesus. You would come to these individuals. Even as our brother Wes Nygaard, as I was studying on this, the notes came up of some years ago when he came to his crisis moment and dilemma. Sister Diane found him in that place. And they were able to get him to a place that he could get help. And he stands here tonight. His grandsons are attending. His family is now rallying around the same token and Passover lamb that they have enjoyed for years. Heavenly Father, may the death angel pass. May the blood be applied to every life, every situation. May our brother Aaron say things that are thus saith the Lord. You've prepared him for months for these meetings. But I believe you can change something in the middle of a sentence, in the middle of a meeting. You can change something for a soul and for a lamb that's fell over and is in a thicket. And we give you liberty to say that. Would you go there, Lord? Would you go to that alley? Go down into that snow-covered alley where someone is considering very dangerous things. Satan has plagued their minds with torment. But may this be an appointed season that an anointed vessel could perchance drive by that way Roll down their window. Say, come on in. Come on in here. God laid you on my heart. God gave me a dream about you. I see the Holy Spirit's been dealing with you. Can we pray together? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We're here to give you glory and praises. Our heads are bowed down in reverence alone. And not in shame but because of reverence for your glorious presence that we feel in the service right now. But some Isaiah 
feel the touch of the coal upon their lives that they would never be the same let some Jacob wrestle it out some evening some morning maybe it's on the mountain on Friday some skier some tuber some snowboarder someone at the camp will say God cares for me Lord, we would appreciate it so much if by this time next week we could look out through this congregation and see miracles and healings and Holy Ghost and new births and the lights coming on and blood flowing through their face again and they're happy, they're rejoicing. It's for the glory of God and for the kingdom of God. We give you our lives, Lord Jesus. As we close this service and we surrender Some have already slipped out to prepare after this meeting and many will preparing themselves further. May you be with every life. Be with every soul. Jesus, we commit ourselves to you under this anointing, under this appointed season. Prepare us further, Lord Jesus. May we speak about it. May we talk about it. May the angel of the Lord feel comfortable and welcome to come by our way. In Jesus' name, we commit the future into your hands, not neglecting the present and what you're doing now and thanking you for the past. Go with us now, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. God Almighty, Prince of Peace, just before we go tonight, oh, trouble.